You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Feel Good Friday. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and we have a very special show for you guys today. Uh, I want to send a shout out to our art queen right here at Converge Media, T-Dub. Be safe on your travels, T-Dub. You know, we miss you here in the studio for Feel Good Friday, but uh, so glad that you're out there. Of course, as always, pounding the pavement, doing your travels. So shout out to you. Um, also, I just want to give a huge thank you to all of you who have been watching on Fridays with me, rocking with me on Fridays. Um, it's just, this has been a phenomenal ride and I appreciate all the love and support uh, that I get out there from all of you viewers uh, online, but also out there in the community. So thank you guys so much. Um, later in the show, we're gonna, I get to really kind of dive in um, with uh, Miss Fern, who's here to tell us a unique story going on. We want to really alert uh, business owners and people that are property owners as to what she has experienced. And this is why it's a unique show, because we want to give some time for that. But also weeks ago, I was able to interview Dr. J at Washington's Office of Equity. And the work that they're doing kind of really is a, a kind of a solution to the issue that Ms. Fern is going to be talking about at the start of the show. So Welcome, everybody, uh, to Feel Good Friday. I uh, want to remind you that right now is a perfect time to tag and share the stream. Go ahead and tag and share the stream with people that you feel could benefit from some Feel Good Friday energy. Um, you know, we appreciate all of the tags and the shares. They really do help us here. So please, if somebody doesn't know about us, if somebody doesn't know about Feel Good Friday, make sure that they know about us. Also, if you are not able to watch the show, you can also also listen to it on all of the podcast platforms by searching Converge Media Network. All of our shows are there. So if you're ever just in the kitchen wanting to listen to something cool, you guys can find us on over 200 podcast platforms um, by searching Converge Media Network. So thank you to all the listeners out there as well, as we've been getting some amazing statistics back about how far reaching Converge Media is globally because of the podcast. So thank you to all of you listeners out there as well. Um, we are going to con continue on this message and particularly right now here for us, wa.org. Uh, lots of folks I know are getting sick. My sons were a little bit sick. There's a change here and y'all could probably see it in the air with all of the pollen coming through. So people in their allergies or they're like, is it allergies? Is it COVID? I'm telling you, it's always worth doing the COVID test just to be sure. Uh, so please check out here for us, wa.org. It's culturally relevant communication and content really geared toward the black community for those in our community who are hesitant of the vaccine, um, still have questions around COVID. Even if you did get the vaccine, but you want to hear from other stories or encourage others that you know who may not, you know, have the vaccine or still are questioning it, you know, check out here for us, wa.org. Uh, shout out to Department of Health for that amazing resource. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of events happening and I, I want to encourage people out there because now we are on the spring season. We're seeing some uh, amazing spring days out there uh, and we're going to move right into summer here shortly, right? So I want to just encourage you guys. Remember, we have a calendar submission form on our website. It's at the bottom. If you go to Converge Media, whereweconverge.com, you guys will actually be able to scroll down to the bottom. There is a calendar submission form there for all of of your amazing events that are happening. We want to do our part here at Converge and try to shed some light on all the great work that's happening out there in the community. There's a lot of vendor markets going on, a lot of different places to circulate black dollars, a lot of different spaces to connect with community members. You know, uh, please make sure you guys are using that calendar submission form so that we know about all of the cool events happening. Um, of course, on Monday is Memorial Day. And for those of you who came to Malcolm X Legacy Celebration at Jimi Hendrix Park last weekend, you know it was a whole vibe. We're going to continue in that vibe uh, coming up on Monday, the 30th of May. Uh, we're going to be having the Black Wall Street event. Now, some of you participated last year when we were celebrating the 100th year of the Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre. But we're doing it with a positive spin by giving you the opportunity to shop Black and be intentional about where your dollars are going. Looks like we have almost 200 business registered. So shout out to all of those vendors and business owners who will be out there on the block once again, doing it big. So you guys look up Africatown SEA on IG. Of course, that's where all of these events will be listed. But I wanted you guys to know because I'm going to be there. I'm going to be shopping. Of course, we're going to do our community electric slide. Uh, I'm telling you, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, we really turned up and showed out last year. And this is something that we want to bring to community every single year. We want you guys to know that right here in Seattle, in the Pacific Northwest, we are celebrating the resilience of all of our Black towns from the Roaring Twenties by paying homage to the way that they built their communities and they built their cities. We're doing it here. Um, I don't care that the area is gentrified, trust and believe. We will flood the area with these amazing business owners, amazing businesses, services, and products. I'm so elated to be a part of this effort. And shout out to the entire event team, the whole squad who works tirelessly to pull these events together. We're going to have an amazing stage, some great DJs, performers, and speakers as well as all of the great businesses. And let me tell you guys, there's some fantastic food and some fantastic products at all of these events. I am so inspired and amazed by how well crafted, you know, uh, pieces are, you know, fabric, clothing, um, you know, soaps and, and lotions and incense and, you know, bath salts. I mean, you name it, almost anything that you're probably looking for, you can really find here at Black Wall Street. So join us on Monday, 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. We're going to be shutting down the block once again on Jackson. It is phenomenal as we take the block. We want you guys to be there. Uh, you know, meet us at 23rd and Jackson, 1 p.m. on Monday. Make sure you tell your friends, come out, come shop, come laugh, come play, right? Bring the kids. It's a family-friendly event. Uh, thank you to everybody who is really putting forth the effort. And shout out to all the vendors and the performers and speakers who are going to be gracing the stage.
Well, that's what I have for this first segment. We're going to take a short break right now. When we come back, I'm going to be talking to Miss Fern. We're going to hear about her unique story um, regarding property loss. This is something that we deal with all the time. And yet we're going to put a positive spin on it for Feel Good Friday. You guys stay tuned after this short break. You're watching Feel Good Friday. As a non-binary black femme, a lot of my identity is rooted in body. Once the vaccine was introduced, it was really difficult to think in terms of safety as well as autonomy. As a black American, the relationship with government is very complicated. It's hard to trust. A lot of these conspiracies are really impacting people making a decision, especially with black folks to be clear about what we're doing. I think it's just a well-rounded conversation to see what's best for us. Everyone's invited to the prom. From the creators of the Book of Mormon, Elf and the Drowsy Chaperone, The Prom is a musical comedy about big Broadway stars on a mission to change the world and the love they discover that unites them all. The Prom makes you believe in musical comedy again. So full of happiness that you think your heart is about to burst. Everyone deserves a chance to celebrate. On sale now. Tickets at FifthAvenue.org. Welcome back, everybody, to Feel Good Friday. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and joining me on set right now is Miss Fern Herbert. Welcome. Thank you, Trey, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, you know, you reached out to us uh, through some community contacts. Thank you to those community contacts who saw that we were a great fit to kind of share your story. It's very unique, Miss Fern, and there's probably a lot of background. Tell us a bit about how you got to where you are today. Just give us some of that uh, st- background story. Okay. Um, in 2017, I decided to, I'm an attorney. I'm an t- attorney at law. My um, primary area of practice is wills, trust, and probate. And uh, I, um, in 2017, um, this reached out to or was matched with um, a law firm of uh, retiring attorneys who wanted to sell their practice. So um, I met them and uh, we put together a deal and um, we moved forward towards my purchasing their practice. Um, I, we basically had uh, some degree of paperwork done before I actually met them in person. But I actually met them in person right after the eclipse in 2017 when I came into the office and, and they met me in person. Um, we moved forward and I bought the practice actually on Valentine's Day of, of um, 2018. Shortly after I purchased the practice, I noticed that there, were, there was a lot of hostility towards me by the staff. And I kept the original staff on because I didn't want to change anything. I wanted the transition to be smooth. And one of the deals of uh, the purchase and sale agreement that we had with the sellers was that um, the sellers, the two attorneys from whom I bought the practice, would be able to stay on in the office um, ostensibly to facilitate a smooth transition. But what happened was anything but. It was not at all smooth. And uh, I became aware that there was theft of, of law firm funds, embezzlement, um, they kept their accounts open and, and uh, um, continued to deposit client checks. The mail was being intercepted by staff. 
and the client funds that were coming in, checks that were coming into the practice that was now mine, was some of it was being siphoned off and deposited into their still existing account, which should have been closed. Um, it didn't um, foster a very positive environment for the practice to grow and flourish. Um, we went on like that. I got a forensic accountant to come into the office, um, things like that. But eventually, um, I wasn't able to keep the practice doors open anymore. Um, there was just too much, too much going on. Um, I also noticed that one of the um, partners, I had cases or files for the female partner, but the male partner, there weren't very many of his files at all. And in fact, an associate said to me, where are his files? This is odd. Where are his former clients? Um, in uh, By Thanksgiving of 2019, when I had to close the practice doors, I actually had a, a talk with him, called him over, and we met for coffee. And I said to him, you know, things, there was so much that happened that shouldn't have happened. And at this point, he he started to confess to me that basically he had never had much contact with people of color growing up. And so when he met me um, back in 2017, um, basically between the moment that he met me and the moment that I bought the practice, he basically divested himself of his files and basically sent it over to the, the a law firm of his friends without disclosure to me or to the bank. So I had gotten an SBA loan, a loan from the Small Business Administration to finance the purchase. And basically the purchase that I, what I bought was significantly diminished without disclosure to me. And uh, at that, that point, I was realizing the reason also for the hostility and uh, a lot of the dissonance that I experienced once I got into the office. Um, they actually presented me with a, a host of files, which when I tried to access them, it turned out to what many of them are on undel deliverable addresses. And uh, um, so it's been a, a nightmare, really. Um, the worst part of it was that the SBA requires that you basically make available some kind of collateral when you get a loan from them. And so they required that I sign a deed of trust with my home um, as a collateral um, when I got the, the loan. Of course, I, I, it was against my better judgment, but I, I wanted to you know, move forward and thinking this would be a good opportunity and went forward with the SBA loan and also figuring that the SBA was a, a reputable you know, federal agency. And uh, as it turned out, when the practice went off, at, went under the SBA, the bank holding the SBA loan um, basically started going after my home. I have been very vocal about what happened and that there was fraud involved. And uh, um, whether there's sympathy or not, there is not sufficient um, action to really take action against the perpetrators. No one has done that. I have reached out to um, my congressman, Rick Larson's office. I've reached out to Patty Murray's office. I've reached out to Bob Ferguson, the, the attorney general, not just his office, but I wrote a letter detailing all of this to him personally. 
I did get some response from Patty Murray's office, but it wasn't until two weeks ago, which was two weeks before the sale of my home, which was today. And eventually they let me know that basically they'd done everything that they could and the SBA wasn't going to budge. So basically I have lost my home as a result of a business deal gone bad. This is, is, you know, when, when I was reading through some of the initial um, information that you sent us, I was just blown away that this is how our system works, right? Um, Especially when you have something that is clearly indicative of fraudulent activity. You would think that there would be another recourse, another pathway that you would be able to take to protect yourself from that. Um, The fact that there's no clause in your contract with the SBA to then showcase case, you know, this would be null and void if fraudulent activity is involved. Now, obviously, there would be some type of recourse if it was you doing the fraud, but that's where my mind goes. Um, When you think about some of the the biggest lessons you've learned from this, because we are talking about another Black homeowner losing their home, and this is something we do not want happening in the community, period. And there's been so much effort. I think about uh, Ruby Holland. I think about Patricia Valentine. So many of our elders in the community have uh, worked together to share tips and tricks to try to make sure that they understand how to do home improvements, how to build um, equity in their home, how to take out equity to do different projects. There's so much effort and energy that's being done there. As you deal with this, Ms. Fern, you know, and you walk away from this whole situation, what are the next steps for you now at this point? You know, well, first I have to find housing (laughs) for myself and my elderly mother um, who lives with me. Um, But beyond that, one of the things that I have thought was never want a deal so badly that you go against your own better judgment. Because, you know, I I protect people's assets. That's what I do. And uh, um, I... I know that this this deal that I went into with these attorneys could have been structured through something called seller financing, basically where I could have taken over the practice. They could have left if they wanted to or stayed to assist me, but the financing for the, the deal, instead of me taking out a loan and going into debt, Um, to finance the practice. It could have come from basically me putting in equity into the practice and taking it over and them getting a piece of that over a period of time. That would have ensured that they would have had a vested interest in in the success of my enterprise as opposed to being, you know, having gotten paid and then being able to cut and run. Mm-hmm. And um, that is one of the things that I've looked back on. If I ever have to do this again, I would do it like that. And I would encourage other business owners of any race, but particularly for black women, to definitely, you know, beware whenever you're going forward with any kind of business deal um, and protect yourself reach out to trusted friends and the confidants, make sure that you have support, make sure that people know that you have support 
within this, the community. Yeah, yeah, sometimes that can be the, yeah. the deciding factor yeah. and dissuade people from thinking that, oh, we can, you know, here she is showing up by herself. There's nothing, you know, no no community for her to rest on, nobody who's going to come after us, yeah. so to speak, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, as we think about the energy for Feel Good Friday, I wanted you here because I understand today is that day, you know, that they're selling your home or taking your home. But the the fact that you are here willing to share your story so that we really can prevent this uh, from anyone else experiencing what you did is so, so brave of you. And I thank you so much for doing that because that is important important for our community. If we don't share the ups and the downs, we find ourselves falling through the same cracks. Yeah. And, um, you know, when, when I think about something like this and you reaching out to Bob Ferguson, it's unfortunate that he did not give you a response. I wonder, uh, if with you as an attorney, when, when somebody is dealing with any type of business deal, and they are seeing that there's fraudulent activity happening on one end of the deal, how do they get a remedy to that? You know, what is the real solution if it's almost as if, sorry, you know, the SBA is not going to budge. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do that. What really is the recourse? It's like now do you have to take them to some type of civil court case? Do you sue them for what they've done? Well, the recourse really is written in the law. We're just not enforcing it, you know, because there is recourse in the law for fraud. If a, if a contract is turns out to have been fraudulent, one of the parties or misrepresentation, one of the parties came to the table in bad faith, then within the law, that contract should be void. And therefore, they should not have been able to go forward and enforce this and take my home or somebody should have at least cared enough to investigate what I've said so that we can get to the bottom of what happened. Where did those files go? Who has them? Who got the benefit of what I bought and paid for? And that has not been done. I have been talking, I've been screaming it to very di different people who should care and uh, no one has done anything. This is, uh, you know, this is just beyond unfortunate. Now you've got my interest peaked for sure. I don't know what more I can do that you haven't done. But I think, um, you know, community rallying around this, people understanding this, um, you know, you putting your story out there is key. There may be some strategies around community engagement with something like this. Yeah. Um, there may be a way to kind of understand, um, you know, how SBA can backtrack what they've done thus far yeah. based on that law. So, um, you know, now you got my interest really peaked, Miss yeah. Fern, and I'm going to do some uh, additional digging within some folks in community who are experts on these kinds of things, yeah. figure out what it looks like from the contract that you have with SBA. Yeah. So yeah. thank you again for coming on to Feel Good Friday and making sure that we can really eradicate this out of our communities yeah. because we are seeing a litany of it, reasons, pathways, you know, all these different pipelines for people to take our property.
properties. Yeah. And it's something that we need to protect, particularly around black home ownership, which is already on a national decline. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, I don't know if you have any campaign, any call to action. We may have to create it and then make sure we put that out there, but we will be connected with you. And I really appreciate you sharing. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Wow. What a story there. I mean, you're talking about the resilience of Ms. Fern Herbert, who just shared this um, in intimate story of uh, this unfortunate event. Um, but I think that there may be some recourse here in terms of community engagement. We'll keep digging into this and see what we can kind of come up with um, on the community side, because we also know sometimes it takes some pressure to make things change. And we do that all the time in black communities. So you guys still see a smile on my face because I'm going, you know what, we're used to this. We're used to having to really press against this system, kind of fight for the things that are right. Right. And it sounds like there is law, there is precedence that we can rest on, which is already half of the battle. So I really appreciate Miss Fern for sharing her story. You guys, after this short break, Miss Dr. J, oh, her uh, a pronoun, beloved, I love it. Um, she and I got to sit down and talk to one another. Uh, she was virtual, but it was amazing time. And we haven't yet aired this interview. So I want you guys to be able to hear what Washington Equity, the Office of Equity of the Washington State, what we're doing here for the state. It's one of a kind office, first in the nation. And Dr. J is on the task around bringing equity into our communities. You guys stay tuned after this short break. You're watching Feel Good Friday. Hi there, everybody. I am so excited because I have the pleasure right now of sitting down with Dr. J of Washington's Office of Equity. Dr. J, welcome. Good to see you, Queen. You look great. Oh, you too, always, Miss Divine. And I love one of your pronouns, beloved. So I love it all the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank well, you. well, you know, people have been, uh, you know, kind of loosely hearing about this new office at the state of Washington. Uh, before we dive into you and your background, tell us a bit about the Washington Office of Equity. Tell us about that. Ooh, what a blessing. And what an opportunity. And for some, the journey and the struggle continues. Over 150 years after the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation, the Office of Equity was established in April 2020 because the legislature found that as our state's demographic is becoming more and more racially and ethnically diverse, more people from all different backgrounds, ethnicities are coming to the state, so are the inequities that they're facing becoming deep, pervasive, persistent. And as we saw in April, 2020 or during COVID, uh, they're deep and they're coming at great economic and social cost. So they decided, you know what, we've got to make sure that everybody has a fair shot at life, education, housing, putting food on the table, diapers on the baby, driving a car. And so they created the Washington State Office of Equity. And our vision is that everyone, each and every person in the state has access to the power, opportunity and resources they need to flourish and achieve their full potential. And that's what we're gonna be about, equity and justice for all by making sure that we prioritize and distribute resources to those who've been traditionally left out and left behind. 
Yeah, this is something that I think when we talk about the language, um, it's been resonating with so many different people, uh, you know, talking about where resources need to go and how historically they have not been evenly distributed or distributed equitably. So I love that, you know, the, the, the governor and others really saw fit to open up this office at the state level. Now, this is a heavy task. I mean, we're talking about the fact that we're still seeing a lot of, you know, protesting signs that mimic the same language that we saw 50 years ago. Um, in terms of the approach, you know, Dr. J, I think your history and your background, it made you uniquely kind of sitting in a pocket here. Uh, tell us about that and what got you to this office and to this role. Wow, that's a, that's a deep question. A lot of prayer, a lot of tears, and a lot of preparation. Quite simply, Queen, I'm blessed. I, I can't put it any other way. You know, I have grandparents, parents, home, opportunity. My brothers and I are first generation Northerners. I have family roots in Alabama and Georgia. And we came along, I came along after the civil rights movement, that, that first decade, and had the benefits that many have not had. You know, this was a second college graduate in our family and being at the right place at the right time with family members who love me and you know you know what they taught us right if you, mother if you can't say something nice don't say anything at all get an education no one can ever take an education from you you gotta be twice as good to be considered half as good as white people i never understood that because i was always good at math after if, if i had to be twice as good i was gonna be twice as good <laughs> but it had people who love me and encourage me early and fundamentally, you know, dad always said, no matter what you do, there's going to be consequences in life. So as long as you can look at the person staring back at you in the mirror, then you'll be all right. My background, I, my master's, is, my bachelor's was in occupational therapy, went to Utica College of Syracuse University, master's is in public administration, doctorate in urban services, blessed had an opportunity to work at the federal level, started off in the Department of Veterans Affairs in service to our, our nation's veterans. So if there are any veterans at the sound of my voice, shout out. Uh, worked in the state and nonprofits. And always though, I think it was my Sunday school teacher, uh, Ms. Chambers, uh, she was a lesbian. And at the time that was not common knowledge. And at the time it was not public knowledge, but she loved us, loved me, and taught me that with by faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and I believed it. And she taught us these are Bible Bible verses we had to memorize. And with God, all things are possible. So as a little girl, I always believed that everything was possible, that we could build the society that I was reading about, you know, in in, in church, and set about my life to to, to do that. It was tough, uh, hard, being the only black, you know, in those situations coming out of the civil rights movement, yet with love and encouragement and support from everyone every step of the way. And I'm just amazed at the people that were used, that spoke into my life, that always told me that I could do it. And there were those who opened doors and made opportunity for me to be able to do it. And I'm honored now to be in this role, perfectly prepared, to be able to open doors for others and begin to create, uh, lead the work that's going to transform and reframe how state government works 
so that it works for everyone with voice. It's, it's almost like our version of other people for the people by the people, because yeah. we want to definitely have the people who we serve help us to transform state government to work in a way that makes sense for them. Yeah, I think that that's so important, too, in this work is, you know, how do we center community voices? Because really, it's community members that are the ones affected by these policies, as well as those that are making the policies. And what we saw uh, kind of in this last legislative session, you know, for black community, it was like, oh, man, you know, we're going to lose Jesse Johnson. We're going to lose KHT. Uh, those are, you know, two state representatives that really represented the black community um, in their role. And, we, you know, we see that, you know, OK, for Jesse, there's some things there with family, but particularly in KHT's um, experience, the you know she really called out the integrity at the state level. What are some of the things that your office is working on to try to ensure that equity is kind of those measures of equity are happening at the state level? Um, and really, it is about transforming policy. What are some of the things you guys are doing in that regard? Well, first, we're standing up an office from the ground. Well building an equity st strategy from scratch. So we're, we're still becoming a thing while doing work. And so one of the major things that we did was last year, we listened to thousands of people across the state to tell us two things. One, if we indeed are gonna have a state workforce culture that centers equity, that acknowledges that everybody's not starting at the same place, the level the playing field is not level and we need to prioritize and distribute resources to those who've been systematically excluded equity so if we're going to center equity make sure everybody has what they need to succeed then and center belonging where everyone knows your name and they're awful glad you came in order to sustain workplace diversity what does that look like what opportunity gaps need to be bridged which inequities and disparities must we eliminate and how we're going to measure it they told us we asked community members well if we're really going to be an anti if washington's going to be an anti-racist state anti-racist multicultural state where everyone has the opportunity to flourish and achieve their potential well, what does that look like and the same questions and i'm just delighted to say that we had just brilliant collective brilliance and wisdom with four consultants who looked at all of that data and have helped us be able to push that out in our pro-equity, anti-racist pair plan and playbook. Because fun, and what and what that means is values, mission, vision, strategies for centering community voice. We're going to call it an equity impact review. What is it that we need to do in state government now to make sure that equity and justice? is embedded in everything we do from our leadership, our operations, our facilities, our workforce, our data, our, our strategies, our planning. We call those our pair service lines. How do we embed equity in all operations of agency decision making, centering community voice, sharing power with community to do this? That is what we're get, we just are going to roll out. I'm just so excited. The governor had a roundtable with community members uh, early sometime last month, March 21st, when he signed our executive order 22-04 to implement our state's pro-equity anti-racism uh, plan and playbook. In terms of measures, how what do we want to measure? The performance, what do we want to achieve? We see 
basically three things listening to thousands of people last year. Number one, they're like, Dr. J, if there's one thing your office could do, we want you to start, can you help us to start really achieving equity in who we hire so that people who look like pe them see people who look like them at all levels, especially at the highest levels of state government. Number two, where are we spending our money? Since the advent of I-200, the monies, the contracting opportunities for particularly Black-owned businesses, businesses owned by members of the global majority has dropped to single-digit numbers. You know, can you help with that? And then many of the community were saying, you know, Dr. J, we, we can't even access services. You know, people died from during COVID because they couldn't speak English. And that was a wake-up call for, for many. And, and so our office wants to be able to establish that true north. This is where we want to go, equity in who we hire, who we do contract with in our service delivery. And by the way, and here is how we transform our public service system to embed equity and justice for all. So we're pretty excited to be able to provide that strategic vision and direction because fundamentally, as Heather McGee said in her book, The Some of Us, all of us have a right to nice things. And we want to really pivot off of the I in DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and pivot to the B, belonging, and, and, and really center the fact that each and every one of us belongs here by virtue of our humanity and are therefore entitled to a right to have a fair shot at a, at a good life for ourselves and for our children, 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 and generations to come. And so our office is going to be working on laying that foundation to make that happen beyond. Wow. Us. Wow. I mean, I, I'm just so inspired by this because, uh, you know, however long it's taken us to get here, by God, I'm just glad that we are here. Right. I mean, yes. this is this is the work of so many. And I think about, you know, the history of our country and so many who have really put their lives on the line to really get to a place like this. And I've always said this, and I, you may agree here though. I think Washington state always has an opportunity to lead with regard to the nation. And, you know, this is something that is huge in terms of its undertaking, but you get to a place where you're really actualizing equity in all of the systems at the state level. That right there, I think, is something that is not really being done in other states. What are some of the things that, you know, really excite you about this work? Because clearly this is not just about providing opportunities to global majority. I love how you just said there. It's about the belonging. It's about the, the fact that when we change systems, we're not just saying now you get to be included in something right. that's messed up and that right. has not historically served you. But right. we get to change what it looks like. What are some of the things that really resonate? with you every day that you go to work that keep you pushing and pressing for this format that you've just laid out for us? Well, you, you, hit, you hit several of them, Queen. The first is that we are the first. Governor Inslee did not have to sign that bill in the law. He, he did not have to do that, and he did, and, and made investments, and declared that we we're going to be an anti-racist uh, state, which makes my life very easy, and charged our office with doing those two things who you hire, focus on who we hire, focus on contracting and service delivery, added that as well. So, so that makes it very easy to be the gold standard for the nation because 
we're the first office of our type in the nation. And that's what keeps me going, that we really get to co-imagine, co-create, reimagine, build the destiny, the future that we want to take place 100 years from now, where everybody lives in a multicultural, anti-racist nation and have what they need to succeed. And when the, the, the children, the elders are telling the story about the children, reading open of that book to the chapter about what the people in Washington State did in 2021 and beyond, and, and, and say that they're able to get a quality education no matter where they live, that they're able to have the family house being passed down to them through generations, that they're able to have put food on their table. And if one of the elders gets sick, that they're not going to go bankrupt because of what we did today. And when the children ask them 100 years from now, well, what is this racism and misogyny and homophobia and Islamophobia? What's that? The elders will have to say to the children, Google it or whatever the equivalent is going to be 100 years from now. AI it, whatever, because they will not have any frame of reference for that because of what we get to do right here, right now. That's what gets me up each and every day. You know, the our office was recently uh, asked to lead on a, on a comment letter into the White House on, on a tool that they want to put out nationwide that is supposed to have equitable outcomes, but they don't have the right equitable measures to get those outcomes. And um, we were honored to be asked to lead in that, writing that letter for our state into the nation that who knows might ensure that if the, when that tool is used, people in Flint will have drinkable water and no one ever, ever again in the United States of America will have to worry about dying from drinking water simply because of the color of their skin. That's what gets me up every day, not to mention the thousands of people I get to meet with and talk with who want to help us do this work because we're not in it by ourselves. I'm just excited that there are those who are excited that we are here, that we can go ahead and build that future, that beloved community, that more perfect union. And it's not just an elusive uh, dream or vision. This is something we get to do right here, right now. Not leave, living, leaving a le legacy. We are right now living our legacy. That's what uh, gets me, excites me each and every day. Uh, you know, I love that living the legacy. And I think you, you know, you're really speaking to direct action that not just you, but your team and your office uh, is really taking as well as those who you just called out that are supporters of this work. Um, I love that. And I think, you know, oftentimes in black community, we've dealt with performative action. We've talked about the fact that, you know, there's there, there's this, you know, a gloss over of what it means to be equitable, right? Or, you know, people are check marking off 
off boxes with regard to uh, equity and inclusion or diversity, um, you know, that they're doing it in this way that is not really heartfelt um, mm -hmm. and genuine. So I really want to ask about some of those that may not want some of this happening. I mean, we see it out there in Olympia. We just saw it in the last legislative session where, you know, they're now already trying to pull back on some of the amazing police reforms that we passed previously. Uh, we're seeing that there's this pushback to some of these equitable measures that, you know, do mean bold steps. It does mean different action. It does mean pivoting away from status quo. But mm -hmm. some folks are really comfortable in those status quo. Mm -hmm. How do, do you or your office deal with those who are not so excited about the work of this office? The same way we deal with everyone else. Real, relational, right? And relevant. And it's all about communication. And I'm just blessed with a team of, of, of people who, who get that. And so the conversation is we listen, you know, we, we listen and depending on, and then connect where we can connect. And typically the connection with those who see the world a little differently than we is, well, so could you help us to understand what is it about equity and justice that you don't like? What What is it about uh, liberty and justice for all that you have a problem with? What is it about the unalienable rights to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness that you disagree with? And, and that typically leads to a moment of silence because I, I call it cognitive dissonance. Whatever bias or frame or story that's going on in their head, they certainly don't see this work aligned with those American precepts. Mm. And, and so when we help them to understand, well, this is exactly what it's about, and we can't get to equity and justice for all uh, until we deal with the, the impacts of those who've been left out and left behind in this nation. And, and typically, they, we find some common ground. It's, it's been, and for me, that has been, I think, probably the greatest success that our team has seen, and just in terms of the legislators who saw this work differently, did not vote for the creation of this office. But when I asked them, what one thing would you like to see this office accomplish, once they got past the stories in their head and, and began to find out why we were here, we were able to identify some common ground. And, and, and so we just practice basically what we preach. We operate out of our value of love and uh, operate out of our value of Ubuntu, which is a Bantu word, which means the interconnectedness of, 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 of humanity. Many might know it as I am because we are, and therefore because we are, I am. And we really believe that in the Office of Equity, and that's how we show up and interact with those who see life a little differently than we, or this work uh, differently than we. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, I, uh, every time I get to be uh, in your presence, I'm just so inspired. I think, you know, we're really in a time of transformative change. And I say it's a very specific, unique zeitgeist. You know, there's certain yes. signs of every time and the signs of this time is a real awakening, right? Not yes. just us being in a digital age or information age, as some people want to kind of attribute it to that, which I think that that, that does have its attributes. And I think it does definitely contribute to where we are but it's just the fact that we have to take some bold measures and i think really our state i'm just so grateful to be in this state where we are taking these measures to a whole nother level and dr j i just gotta say your 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 energy your approach your compassion your love really pours out it really shines through and if there's anything i can do to be helpful to the office, I'm willing to do that. I wanna make sure that uh, folks out there that are listening, that they know how to connect with your office. If they have ideas or other thoughts or wanna pour their love and support into the Office of Equity, how does the community contribute to this amazing body of work? Probably the easiest way, uh, now see, I wish I had our other number. <laughs> so the <laughs> easiest way would, would be to call uh, or excuse me, to email me at karen.johnson at equity.wa.gov. Karen.johnson at equity.wa.gov. Or call 360-902-3355. We're, we're not in the, in the office, so I had to figure out which one of these numbers is our number. I think it's 360-902-3355 that you can leave a message and we'll get back to you. Yes, because we really, it's going to take all of us, you know, and, and we are here to lay that solid foundation that centers equity in all of our laws, policies, programs, rules, practices. Number two, we want to maximize the system that we have and begin to start strengthening relationships across sectors, agencies. So we're working in the same direction to make sure that everyone in the state has a fair shot at life. And the third thing we wanna do is, is to build the system that we need, where we begin to dismantle racism through bold, like you said, transformative systemic change. So that no matter when we leave this earth, that will go on and to be the trajectory in the state and, and and nation. And we've got done some great things here in the state of Washington to tee Governor Inslee up to keep sounding the alarm about what we're doing in Washington state. Did you know, Queen, that if we have any young people who want to go to college, that they can pretty much go to college for free in this state? I, I, I didn't know that, but it's on our website. And so check us out. Let's get the word out. Let's work together. Let's leave a legacy and, and truly, truly experience equity and justice for all in a place where we all belong. 
Uh, Ashe in a place Ashe. where we all belong. Uh, I just really thank you. I know your schedule is so busy. I'm so grateful that we were able to get this down on your schedule. And just thank you so much for, uh, again, for your approach and your compassion for opening your, your office up uh, to me here at Converge Media, but also in other hats I wear. I've seen you out there doing the work. So I can at least attest to that. And I'm just, I, I know so many of us are done with performative action. So we really appreciate the way that you are taking on this work. It is a huge, huge undertaking. So thank you so much for being a real inspiration to all of us out here looking to connect with you more and, and, and really to see this through so that all of us are living in that justice for all world you speak of. Thank you so much for all thank of your work, you. Dr. J. Thank you. Thank you for elevating and amplifying. Thank you for absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, you guys. I mean, talk about inspiration. Dr. J right there. You guys heard it. Karen.Johnson at equity.wa.gov. You guys, please check out, uh, you know, what they're doing over there at Washington Office of Equity. Amazing work. And I'm sitting over here. I'm inspired again. See yourself as a part of the solution. Dr. J and her entire team over there are doing just that. And not only are they seeing themselves as part of the solution, but they're crafting and creating new solutions that are really going to uh, bring the building blocks we need for an equitable world where we're all received the justice we deserve. Thank you guys so much for stay, staying tuned to this interview with me and Dr. J at the Washington Office of Equity. Welcome back, everybody, to Feel Good Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. What an amazing interview I got to do right there with Dr. J. And I'll just say this, you know, uh, we know it was uh, about 26 minutes or so, but we just thought it was important, particularly with that story that Miss Fern Herbert shared with us. We need more and more measures of how to disrupt all of that, how to bring it about. And I think, again, as I said there in that interview, Washington State has the opportunity to lead. And, I, you know, I encourage you guys all there at the end to just see yourself as a part of the solution because I realize that we all play a part in this. And when we're doing that, we're doing our part. We're doing exactly what we can. Um, just the other day, another analogy was given to me about how important it is that we stay in our lanes, right? When we have that lane, it's your track. You need to follow it. You need to run that race. Every event is going to be different in your lives, but run that race, run your race. And that's what we're all here to do. So I really appreciate you guys for sticking it out with me today on this Feel Good Friday. Uh, lots of energy right here. You know, Salman and I are going to keep the energy great, right, Salman? Uh, no matter what, every single Friday. So we thank you guys for watching. Of course, this weekend, you guys, we talked about it the other day, but I want to mention it again. Northwest Folklife Festival is happening this weekend from the 27th all the way until the 30th. Make sure you guys are out there. Check it out. Look up their website, Northwest Folklife. Uh, the 51st annual uh, festival is happening starting today. So get out there. There's plenty of opportunity. And as I said earlier in the show, we also will be doing a Black Wall Street event once again. Uh, 
Uh, you guys can check us out on Monday. We'll be right out there on Jackson Street, lining the street with a bunch of amazing businesses for you all to come and check out. Also, some great performers and some great speakers. So go ahead and check us out on Monday, 1 to 7. Of course, this weekend, if you guys are staying in and want to catch some of our shows on stream tomorrow night at 10 p.m., of course, we got our fellas over there at Weird at Night. Go ahead and check out the Weird at Night crew. They are always keeping it weird for you on Saturday nights at 10 p.m. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing more special than the unique nature that they bring to the table with regard to all of their weirdness. They keep it weird for us. I so appreciate all of the team over there. You know, Patrick Galactic, Blazing Space, thank you guys for what you're doing. Uh, do you have that, Samad? Oh, okay. There it is. Uh, this Saturday at 10 p.m. live. You guys can find that right here on Converge Media. So make sure you guys are checking out Weird at Night. Also, Sunday, 8 p.m., get Truly Unruly with the True Fonts, another amazing show that we get to carry right here on Converge Media. Shout out to the True Fonts for sharing their, all, all of the ways that they stay truly unruly. We love, love their stories. And thank you guys so much again for watching us today and bringing some of your energy to this Feel Good Friday set. Of course, for me, it's always important that you see yourself as a part of the solution. I think I've been saying it. I'm going to continue to say it. I got to keep saying it. I want you guys to know it's important. Um, of course, as Omari always says, we want you to go forward in your purpose, go forward in your humanity. Until Monday at 11 a.m. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.